0: Hey B. (laughs) Hey everyone. What's up? (laughs) We hope you liked our last episode. Yeah.
1: Welcome back. What's new? (laughs) You know, just same old, same old.
0: Yeah. Oh my god, I have something to say that happened to me at work today before I forget. Oh god, okay. (laughs) So part of me was like, is Mercury still in retrograde? Even though I know it's not what happened so i bent down while i was vacuuming and my hair got caught in the vacuum (laughs) does it look shorter did it rip hair out i don't know no. It's, I don't know. But Brynn's hair is
1: literally down to, like, her butt cracks, <laughs> so she's asking if it
0: looks shorter. Okay. No, it doesn't. But, like, I'm like, who the fuck does this happen to <laughs> besides me? Like, I thought, you're going to say you ripped your pants. No. I had to quickly hit the on-off switch, turned it off, and then I, like, rolled my hair out and I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> my beautiful wig. <laughs> my head got pulled all the way to the end of the vacuum. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, it got sucked up in, like, the roller yeah, bar? Yeah. I thought <laughs> like, it was, like, one of the tools. Like no, the, like, the, su- like the, the sucker thing? Yeah. No, it was the actual vacuum. <laughs> How did you get it out? <laughs> I, I hit the off switch and I pulled it out. I, I roll, really wish I someone it saw it that. No, and I was like, oh, my God. And afterwards, <laughs> afterwards, they were like, I guess they, like, heard a commotion in the hall. And I had to be like, my hair got stuck in the vacuum.
1: <laughs>
0: Only you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. Fun times.
1: Happy Friday. But
0: anyway, back to the... Important stuff. Yeah,
1: so we're really excited about this coffee review today. Yeah, like we're not excited for all of them. But
0: <laughs> <I know. laughs> Anyone who like has sent us stuff, we're so appreciative. Yeah, we can't thank you enough for it really is being amazing. willing enough to send us stuff when we are a brand new podcast. Yeah. And uh, I mean, it's we, just awesome. we still don't know if people like us or not. <laughs> so. <to> like us,
1: <laughs> please write us reviews because I checked that. <laughs> <laughs> every day. It's <laughs> like there's a couple like stars but no one wrote a review so if you know how to do that write us a review. Oh my god
0: we're gonna get all these awful things like no
1: I, I hate you. <laughs> Stop talking so much. No. Um but yeah today's coffee is from the Square Cafe in Pittsburgh. Woo woo. We're so excited. We love this place. When we reached out to them um it was kind of a shot in the dark but She, the owner actually got back to us and she was amazing. She went above and beyond with what she did for us. Her name is Sherry Goldstein. And like I said, she's the owner of Square Cafe.
0: She went so above and beyond. Yeah, like, Sherry, you're amazing. Yeah. She sent us not only two bags of coffee. Yeah. She sent us t-shirts. She sent us face masks. She sent us (laughs) pens. Clips. She sent us Clips. From I opened the bag. Clips.
1: I opened the box and I was I literally felt like it was Christmas fucking morning.
0: I I was screaming. When I know. When you showed me. I was like look at this stuff. <laughs> Isn't, your mom it was like, Isn't it neat? Your mom was like what the heck? Who sent you all that? Yeah we were like oh my god this is incredible number one. Number two we're definitely repping Square Cafe. Yeah. We are wearing the face masks.
1: Yeah. We're going to take them. a picture
0: in the shirts for this episode.
1: Yeah. I mean, it was just so so nice to have that kind of support from somebody that um just just believes in us and right. and would reach out and do that.
0: Especially too since we were excited to get this coffee because we've been there before. Mm-hmm. We know what her food tastes like. We know what the coffee tastes like. This specific coffee I've never had. Mm-hmm. So it was great to like try something new from them, but We we already know we like their their stuff. Yeah, their Their address
1: for anyone in Pittsburgh, which um a lot of the listeners I'm sure are from Pittsburgh, so go check it out. It's 134 South Highland Ave, Pittsburgh, PA, um, and it's in uh, technically East Liberty. So it's really freaking
0: good their shop I mean their store has so much their food is amazing yes, I will talk all about their. yeah too. go ahead <laughs> okay, so I went there one time with my mom and we ordered from the menu first of all there were lemon blueberry regatta pancakes like what fucking amazing <laughs> like, <laughs> we ordered one to share at first because I also got eggs and i ha- I'm a vegetarian so I got uh these fake sausage patty Mm -hmm. things like you could yeah you could choose between vegan sausage links or vegan sausage patties and Mm -hmm. I haven't had sausage since I don't even know not even not even vegan sausage because I just never really like liked the taste of it I haven't had sausage in probably 12 years so I didn't even remember what the taste what it tasted like (laughs) and so we ordered these pancakes to share because we're like oh my god these sound so amazing we have to try them yeah we ended up finishing the pancakes and ordering another thing of pancakes because we were like, no, this isn't going to work. We we cannot share these pancakes. <laughs> <laughs> like, we, we technically each need our own. And then um, the eggs. I'm very picky with eggs, but I love eggs. And mm-hmm. those eggs were some of the best eggs I've ever had in my life. They yeah. were not dry. I kind of like those, not undercooked, but like... Like, like, not dry. Typical. Yeah, I can't explain and not, like, it. And they're, they're really, really yellow. I like when yeah. eggs are really yellow. Their eggs were amazing. And then the sausage patty, I literally had to call the waitress back over and double check with her <laughs> that they didn't give me real sausage by accident. Because I'm like, this tastes like oh my sausage. God. What I remember sausage tasting like. And she's like, no, sweetie, this is vegan. And I'm like, okay. okay, <laughs>
1: oh, sweetie, welcome to the square coffee. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: So, their menu has vegan,
1: vegetarian, and gluten free options, which is amazing because I know a lot of people are very conscious about that kind of stuff. Yes. And I'm just going to read a little bit of info from their about page on their website. So, let's see. They partner with many local nonprofits on fundraisers, special events, and promotions. Their cafe also serves as a gallery showcasing local artists. In addition, they provide catering services for parties, big or small. So think of think of them for your next special event.
0: I have to say that's one of the first thing things I noticed when I went in their cafe because Art. my mom and I, uh, my mom and hi. I cannot talk. <laughs> if, if anyone has realized, yeah, I jumble my words <laughs> a lot. Yeah. My mom and I chose to sit outside that day. This was before quarantine. It was just a beautiful day out. Yeah. And I went inside. I think, I don't even remember. I went inside for something and I noticed all of the art hanging and I was like, oh my God, this place is so beautiful. What a cool way
1: to like showcase artists and like local artists if yeah. you have the space to do it and that's, that's like, awesome
0: support that's like a small business within yeah. a small business like you're supporting a small business and you are a small business that's yeah
1: so nice i'm gonna read some of their coffees from their website because i or their menu because i really they're so fucking amazing listen to this pumpkin caramel spice latte amazing yum unicorn latte <laughs> which is lavender vanilla and white fucking chocolate that sounds okay. so good.
0: I'll um, be there tomorrow.
1: French Toast Latte. Come on. Um, turtle Bar Latte, which is like oh, the chocolate and the caramel. Yes, that sounds good. And the pecans. Amazing. I just can't. I need to go and get all these different coffees. Yeah. They sound so good. Yes. And a bunch of hot chocolates, too. But I'm yeah, down. their menu looks amazing, too. I'm
0: down. Let's road trip it there soon. Let's go. Just, just a few hours in the car. <laughs> Yeah. Um, we'll, yeah. Show, we'll show up in our Square Cafe face masks with our clips <laughs> hey, and our shirts <laughs> and our pens. <laughs> we'll be like, hey, see this, please.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, they actually sent us a bag of the their house blend and a bag of their house blend decaf. Tonight, we are trying the regular. We need a little pick-me-up. Yeah, we'll save the decaf for another episode because we want to give them another shout-out. Mm-hmm. Um. A different day. But... Did you take a sip?
0: Yes, I did. It's delicious. Let me try. It's flavorful without the flavor, if that makes mm. sense. Because there's, it's not a flavored coffee, but yeah. it still has flavor to it.
1: Yeah, it's very neutral. I feel like you can add so many things to it mm-hmm. and it would be really good. Because Like their menu, like they had so many flavorful mm-hmm. drinks because the coffee is so neutral.
0: Right. Even so the good. bag when we opened it. <laughs> I hate myself. Brynn opened it like a bag of fucking potato chips. <laughs> I don't usually rip my bags of potato chips down the middle. <laughs> I look over
1: and it's like ripped right down the middle of the bag and there's coffee on the table. I'm like, what the hell?
0: Whoops. But anyway, when I opened the bag, it the the smell of it is so it was, flavorful. Yeah, it
1: was so fragrant. Yeah. Everyone. Definitely
0: fresh ground coffee. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, so good. Thank really you like so it. much.
1: We really appreciate this. Like, we can't even thank you enough for for your support. And I'm that's
0: like... the end of our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye See you next week. <laughs> it's just all about Square Cafe today.
1: <laughs> Deal them out. Let's go to Square cafe <laughs> Oh God. All okay. Right. Are yeah. you ready?
0: So thank you. Yes. Let's get started. Cool. All
1: right, so grab your coffee and have a morning with us. Okay. <laughs>
0: so I realized, I just realized, I didn't know it until we started our podcast. That what? Coffee makes me burp a
1: lot. Yeah, Brynn's like burping constantly the entire episode. It's
0: really what disgusting. You see? She's like
1: bouncing a little bit. <laughs> like, burping. <laughs> anyway, so today's case is about margaret ellen fox um she was a 14 year old female and she went missing in 1974 she had just recently i'm just going to start with like a background of her real quick she recently had graduated eighth grade from saint paul's roman catholic church school school yes sorry Um, And she took piano lessons, she loved riding horses, her brothers described her as a tomboy, saying that she could hold her own with all of them, which is tough with brothers, I bet. She loved sled riding, ice skating, and spending their summers seaside in the backyard pool. And this is a quote from her brother, Joe. He said, you know, she was struggling with four brothers and everything, trying to figure out her identity at the time. Because she was 14 years old at the time. So I can imagine that would be hard growing up with four brothers.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I have two and I'm like, "Uh (laughs) (laughs) uh-huh. But they gave me thick skin. Yeah, it's worth it. She was born February 4th, 1960. Mm -hmm. She was freckled-faced. She wore glasses. They had, at the time she went missing, they had hexagonal lenses with gold wire frames. Did you say what color her hair and eyes were? No, no, yeah. No. Okay, she had brown hair and blue eyes. Um, she lived at 224 Penn Street in Burlington, New Jersey. So she's from New Jersey. And she also loved horseback riding. How cute. Which is so cute. Girl that. after my own heart. <laughs> yeah,
1: so <clears throat> the day she went missing, she was last seen in a light blue long-sleeved floral pattern shirt. A black and white checkered jacket, maroon flared jeans with a yellow patch on one knee, brown sandals with a heel, and a gold necklace with flowers and a blue stone. Which, she sounds really, really cute.
0: And, like, fashionable. Yeah, how cute. A little
1: 14-year-old girl. That's adorable. I love that.
0: adorable. So, um, leading up to her disappearance... Did you have anything else to add about her backstory? Mm -mm. Okay, leading up to her disappearance... She had posted an ad in the newspaper with her 11-year-old cousin, Lynn Park, and Lynn lived a few doors down from Margaret, so they were super close, and they decided to publish this ad because, I mean, you're a 14-year-old girl hanging out with your brothers all the time. This is kind of a way for you to, like, get out of that You want to make bit. some money. Yeah. You want
1: to buy your own
0: stuff. Yeah, and you want to just have your own thing separate from your brothers. I guess. get it. So... They published this ad on June 18th, 1974, and it said, Babysitters, with a dash, experienced, teen girls, love kids, work at your house, call, dot, dot, dot. With their phone number. Both of their phone numbers. So, both of their phone numbers were listed separately in that ad. And we have a picture of the ad to pu- we're going to post with this episode. Mm-hmm. So, a man responded to this ad on June 19th, 1974, so this was a day later, and he went by the name John Marshall when he called. He said he needed a babysitter for the following... I had read in one article for the following day, and I read in eno- more articles for the following weekend. Yeah, So and I weekend. thought more towards weekend. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And he had actually called Lynn first.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: when he called Lynn, he said he had a five-year-old son that needed to be watched... He had a backyard for, with a swimming pool and a swing set at his home, and this was going to be in Mount Holly, so it was a little bit of a distance from Burlington. Yeah. Um, He I he included the swimming pool and swing set because it was kind of an enticing thing, I guess. Like, yeah. He, he wouldn't want to do that. Right. Like, he told the girls, like, yeah, like, you're going to be watching my five-year-old son, but you can swim in the pool, you can use the pool, you can use the swim, swing set, like, making it more enticing for them to to want the job, I guess. Yeah. So, Lynn had asked her mom, and her mom didn't want her working at his house, first of all, a random man's house, Mm -hmm. and working so far away. So, Lynn passed his contact information on to Margaret, because she was like, no, like, I can't take this job. Right, and like, remember back in the 1970s, it wasn't really a concern
1: for people to be worried about. I mean, People watch strangers' kids all the time back then. Those were, like,
0: the latchkey kids. Right. And
1: you don't worry about somebody murdering or kidnapping or... That just wasn't a concern. Right. So, I can... I'm actually a little bit shocked that Lynn's parents didn't let her go. Mm -hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Just because of the time that they lived in. Right. It's not typical of that time. Right. I mean, back then, there would be, like, four-year-olds walking down the street by themselves and... They didn't lock their house Yeah, in. Right. Kids would come home from school and babysit themselves. That was just a thing. Yeah. You would go outside and you would play until it got dark and your parents would eventually know you were coming home. Right. It was just that a different time. Right. Yeah. He actually had
1: stated, we said, that his son was five years old, mm-hmm. John Marshall, and he was going to pay Margaret $40 to babysit the boy for four and a half hours or for four hours a day for five days a week. Which is a decent amount of money, I feel like, in mm. for, like, the that circumstances, time. and mm-hmm. I just think that was a decent amount. Yeah. So, they set up an interview, and initially he had rescheduled it, saying that um, he, his mother-in-law passed away, and he was going to reschedule for the 24th.
0: Right. And he actually, when, when that happened, when he called the house and rescheduled, he had spoken with... Um, her father David on the Mm -hmm. phone and confirmed the job and, like, told him about his mother-in-law passing away and stuff. So he spoke to Margaret's father. Right. And Margaret's father, from what I read, his name was David, he was
1: very concerned about his children. He was very involved in their lives. Mm -hmm. He wanted to talk to him on the phone to kind of judge what he was like via the phone as best as he could. Mm-hmm. And he said judging by his voice, he sounded to be about 35, 45 years old.
0: Right. And uh, Margaret actually at first had asked her mother, Mary, and Mary sent her to her father to ask him. Because mm-hmm. I get, like, you know, sometimes parents ask can your be dad. like, yeah, go ask your dad or mm-hmm. go ask your mom. So she sent her to David and he was like really like war- worried at first about yeah. it and he understood the dangers of it because he was a plumber so he knew like mm-hmm. going to people's houses like that can be just like a weird situation i'm mm-hmm. sure he encountered some strange people like weird you know things. Yeah. yeah so he was kind of like eh about it and then finally margaret convinced him cuz you know like a 14 year like, old Dad, girl please. yeah she was probably like please 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 and wouldn't stop and finally they were like okay like whatever yeah. Yeah. yeah, so eventually, um, like I
1: said, John Marshall rescheduled with her on the 24th, and he told her that he would meet her in a red vol- Volkswagen. He gave her his phone number and where to meet her at, or where to meet him at.
0: Mm-hmm. Can I just say something? Add yeah. something in here? A red Volkswagen. <laughs> right there. That raised red flags in my head. It's a red car. Because I'm like, no, but yeah. I'm like, a fucking Volkswagen. Ted Bundy trying to oh, fucking yeah. Volkswagen. It is, like, yellow. That's, like, a typical serial killer car. <laughs> <laughs> like, why? You have why do serial killers try Volkswagen? If you have a Volkswagen, Brin like profile you. <laughs> no, like, I'm like, oh my god. Like, the McDonald's triad Did is. Did you just say
1: McDonald's?
0: Yeah, that's what it is. It's not McDonald's. <laughs> it, is. McDo- it is McDonald's triad. It's MAC. Oh, McDonald's triad. Okay, I don't know, whatever. The McDonald's triad is bedwetting, oh. killing animals, yeah. and um, starting fires, like arson. So, I feel like <laughs> they out of four. Volkswagen. Bulls- Volkswagen. At the age of 16. <laughs> If you get a Volkswagen, You're that's added in to your probably a fucking serial
1: killer. Yeah, so if you own a Volkswagen, Bryn might judge you. Yeah.
0: <laughs> just kidding. No, I'm not judging. I'm just like, why is it always a Volkswagen? It's true. Like, that's weird. It this is. is probably, I can't even think off the top of my head, but I know I've heard other cases besides Ted, Bu- Ted Bundy. I'm a Where Volkswagen. it was a Volkswagen. Yeah. yeah. Like, what is What it? is that? What is
1: it? <laughs> so, yeah. Red Volkswagen. And he told her he would actually pick her up in Mount Holly at the corner of Mill and High Street. So she would basically have to take a bus from her home and she would be dropped off on Washington Street, which was like footsteps away from the corner of Mill and High Streets where he would pick her up.
0: Yeah, and this was about eight miles from her home.
1: Yeah. Took about so. a,
0: Yeah. Took about a half hour, I think, yeah. for her to get there. And it was weird though because The streets that you named, I read something different on a rewards poster that was posted. I did too. And I don't know if it was like an an opposite corner of where. Right. I'm thinking it was still in the same vicinity, but it was Mill and Main Streets on the reward poster. And I was like, I'm just going to write this down just in case. But the main one I read was the one you said. Mill and High. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so he gave her the phone number and actually we'll get back to this later, but the phone number was later traced to a phone booth in Lumberton, New Jersey, outside of an AMP supermarket, which was a mile away from where she got dropped off on the bus. Mm-hmm. Just keep that in mind for later. Right. That's the phone number she he gave her to call him.
0: So the disappearance, when she actually disappeared, was June twenty fourth, nineteen seventy four. As you mentioned Wait, did you mention her waking up early and stuff yet? No. Okay. So, she woke up early to meet this John Marshall first thing in the morning, and Kelsey had mentioned already what she was wearing and all of that. Mm-hmm. She was seen getting on the bus in Burlington, New Jersey around 8.40 a.m., and her younger brother, he was 11, right? 11-year-old, yeah. Yeah. Joe Fox. <clears throat> he had gone with her and watched her got on the bus so there was someone who visually saw her get on this bus yeah and there were witnesses as well that also saw her on the bus and this was confirmed later on we'll talk about how and all of that but there were witnesses that saw her on the bus one was a passenger with a young son the boy actually pulled margaret's hair because her hair was pretty long he pulled her hair on the bus, and she turned around and, like, briefly talked with them. Like, yeah. she obviously loved kids. She was babysitting, so she was probably yeah. just like, oh, hi. And
1: hair. I read that the witness said that she had, like, smiley eyes, and so, she was just a very,
0: like, polite girl, and she was smiley, and oh, so, so adorable. So and then there was another passenger that watched Margaret, and, well, they said they watched a girl, but this actually matched the description of Margaret. Mm-hmm. Exit the bus at High and West Broad Streets or Mill and Main Street, whatever you want to call it. Right. That intersection. And she had stopped and talked to a young man in a red sports car. Not Mm. red Volkswagen. Sports car. Not red serial killer Volkswagen. (laughs) Red sports car. So it definitely
1: couldn't have been him. (laughs) Yeah. So remember
0: that because we will get back to that.
1: Yeah, and that was about 9 a.m. So, remember, she got on the bus at 8.40 and she got off the bus at 9 a.m. where witnesses saw her talking to this man in the sports car. Mm-hmm. Um, After
0: this, Margaret never called her parents. She was supposed to check, call them and check in with them. So... By then, I'm I'm assuming they were getting a little bit concerned, like, oh, but maybe she got sidetracked or she got busy with the kid right away. Who knows? Yeah. But then John Marshall's wife was to bring her back home around 2.30 p.m. and she never came home. Yeah, investigators initially thought
1: that she may just be a runaway kid, And they thought this because they found her diaries at home and she talked about how she was bullied in school and she had snowballs thrown at her by her classmates. Poor
0: freaking baby.
1: I know. And she said she also wished to move to California or Florida and start a new life. Some still believe this theory, but most figure that she was kidnapped.
0: This makes me so sad. And let's point out, this is why no one should bully. Well, not specifically for this reason. Obviously, people shouldn't bully anyone. But imagine how you would feel and how, if like, something happened. if you treated someone that way and then that person went missing and was never found again. Yeah. How freaking awful. I know.
1: But with and all then, that,
0: like, I don't know.
1: I just feel so little bad. little girl. And her brother, Joe Fox, <laughs> actually stated that when he left her on the bus, she was really excited. There was definitely not an inkling that she wanted to run away.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It just wasn't happening, he said. Right. She was optimistic about going and making money and he said there was no way that she was planning on running away Mm -hmm. that just
0: wasn't another thing to point out which i think also verifies that she did not run away is david and mary fox her parents found notes in margaret's room they listed info about the job Mm -hmm. about john marshall and a phone number for them to call for in case of an emergency Why would you leave that if If you you were were running running away? away. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that doesn't really make sense at all. Yeah. So then, um, with this phone number, her parents had called and asked for Margaret. So they called this phone number, and someone answered this phone and told them she wasn't there. Mm -hmm. Then they hung up, they're like, let's try again, called again, and the person answering told them she was calling a public pay phone, yeah. Outside an A and P supermarket on Route 38 in Mount Holly, so by that the first person probably just was a random person like, "Oh, she's not here." Hung up. Mm-hmm. The next person was probably like, "Why the hell do you keep calling a payphone? Like, yeah. this is a payphone. Why are you looking for your kid here?" Yeah, which obviously is like horrifying for they a parent. Got so concerned. Yeah, after
1: this, as any parent would. Yeah. Margaret actually, or Margaret's mom, Mary, actually started calling all of the John Marshalls in the area, I assume by like a mm-hmm. pay, or, um, phone, phone book. book. Yeah. And she came up with really nothing from that. And her father, David, went to the Mount Holly area and just searched for her by himself. He was is, like, such
0: a dedicated man. Well, both horrible. of her parents were dedicated, yeah. but there's like a continuation with how hard this man looked for his daughter. And it's just so yeah. sad. It's really sad. So, they actually decided
1: to report her missing on June 25th at 12.30 a.m., which was technically later that night, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and within a few hours, the police started recording phone calls to the residents of her house. Props
0: to the Burlington, New Jersey, slash whatever New Jersey police were involved in this case, because you rocked it from the get-go. Like, they... They were on their shit. Yeah, they really really made an effort to find this girl and, like, be on top of it right away. They began searching immediately, search parties immediately. They immediately, yeah, they retraced her footsteps, so they went back. They ended up finding, that's how we got these conversations with witnesses who saw her on the bus. They ended up finding these people who had seen her. Which is crazy. Yeah. Like, how did you track them down? Yeah, they interviewed her parents right away. Like, they were on their shit.
1: Yeah, they really were. Mm-hmm. So as they were recording the phone calls coming into her house um, the 25th, that same night, they a ransom call came in, and this is what it said.
0: $10,000 might be a lot of bread, but your daughter's life is the buttered topping.
1: Who is it? Okay, I'm going to read that out loud for those of you that couldn't hear it clearly. It said $10,000 might be a lot of bread, but your daughter's life is the buttered topping.
0: That's, like, the weirdest thing I've ever heard in my life. Why are it's you comparing chilling. it to bread and butter? It's chilling. I
1: actually read a couple of theories. I got into a Reddit hole that the person that left this ransom note probably talked in metaphors like this. Uh-huh. And just used this type of language, and that's what the type of... That's just that person. That's right. What they talked like.
0: Another thought that I've had about it, and obviously we're going to get into suspects and stuff later on, so I'm not going to say anything about that, but a thought I had was... This person might have worked around stuff like that. Yeah, could have been a baker. Could have worked around food. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Very odd. It's just a a very strange
1: thing to say in a ransom note when you yeah. could literally say, "Your daughter's life is worth a lot of money."
0: Right. Like
1: so odd. It just doesn't make really really any sense.
0: Yeah. So during this time, neighbors had also stopped by to show sympathy. Parents were notifying authorities about men trying to lure their daughters with fake job offers or babysitting jobs. People were getting involved mm-hmm. and trying... This was a huge thing in New Jersey. Yeah, their town actually didn't waste any time and started their own search parties yeah. within their community. New- newspapers were covering everything and anything. Yeah. Every detail they could get their hands on, it was in the freaking paper. Yeah. Um. So... Four days after, well, actually we should probably say that the person on the phone call was never identified. Yeah, and
1: honestly, that audio wasn't released until recently, as in, like, last year. year, Yeah. Which pisses me off, because how is anyone supposed to recognize his voice and identify him 45 fucking years later?
0: He is He's long gone, probably.
1: Yeah. And, like, anyone that was alive to <clears throat> possibly identify his voice and, like, maybe those metaphors or the way he talked mm-hmm. isn't alive anymore, probably. Right.
0: And if he is still around, or she, I, I mean, I shouldn't, yeah, like, identify it like that. But if he or she is still around, if there were two of them involved, if there really was, like, a wife and a husband involved, mm-hmm. even if one of them is still alive, they're probably, like set in their 70s or 80s if they were i mean if they were like kind of younger like in their 30s like the dad had thought yeah um or i mean by then like your voice changes changes. yeah so no one's even gonna know if it was them anymore Mm -hmm. i don't know that yeah just a side note for during this time
1: Lots of women were actually reporting in the area that they were being accosted by a man in a red Volkswagen. (sighs) And in May, a a man driving a red Volkswagen tried to pick up a girl in Mount Holly, which was just, what, a a month before this had happened. And a sketch was then released in August of that year um, relating to that person that tried to pick up the girl in Mount Holly.
0: I think that one solution for this to find out if anyone knows this person's voice and maybe one of the only solutions would be if you were younger back then Mm -hmm. around her around 14 years old or in your 20s or teens to listen to this audio and see if you remember anyone you knew that sounded like that. Right. Or that used that type of lingo because like you said anyone older probably, probably yeah, Yeah, like anyone who was actually around this man's age might be too old or have passed away by now. So, uh, and just the fact that like, I don't know if I mentioned it, but it took them,
1: it took the FBI 45 years because they were editing it and enhancing the quality of it. So people could actually understand what the man was saying on the phone. Right. Um, so this isn't technically the original, this is after years and years and years of the FBI editing. Like the enhancing quality. the
0: quality, yeah. yeah, and I mean, part of me doesn't blame them because technology obviously wasn't what it was back then, with what it is now, yeah. But at the same time, forty-five years, like that's a little much. Like that's a lot. Yeah, that seems like it was <laughs> like it was probably held. forgotten or left on the back burner much longer than it should have been, mm-hmm. or yeah, held. I mean, I understand that police hold back information a lot of the time because. They don't. They only want the perpetrators to know specific details to verify. But an audio thing like that seems more efficient to be released to the public for helping find this person. And remember, I said this
1: was he called this ransom um, message in the night that she went missing. Just, just a little side note there.
0: Yeah. So now that we've like rambled on. Four days after her disappearance, they received another phone call to the house. He said he still had Margaret and again demanded $10,000. And a note arrived about one day after that with Mm -hmm. specific instructions for the money delivery. He said the money was to be put in a box with blue wrapping the same color as her blouse. So that kind of verifies, unless the newspapers had released this information, which they could have. Mm -hmm. Because they probably did release what she was wearing and stuff i'm assuming probably. yeah um he said margaret was okay and quote we only tore her blouse and broke her glasses right and then a letter repeating the phrase on the phone call and signed so long again this is in quotes with the letters s l a capitalized yeah was on the note right that was at the end of the note right and- so some suspected kidnapping was linked to the Symbionese, I don't even know how to say this, Symbionese Liberation Army, which was linked to the alleged kidnapping of the newspaper heiress Patty Hearst.
1: Right, so SLA, they took um, the initials because they were highlighted on the note, and they were like, what, what initials are SLA, SLA, and then they realized, oh the symphony's Liber- liberation army mm-hmm. which was a terrorist organization like right. you said kidnapped patty Hearst, which like that could have been a lead for them at that point
0: or just a stage thing because that kind of reminds me of the Jean, Jean bonnet ramsey letter yeah, stage how it looked they made it look like it was like a terrorist organization yeah. that took her right
1: and the sla were not active in new jersey at that point at least they weren't known to be active mm-hmm. in new jersey so that's, that was at the bottom of the note. And like we said on the top, it was the instructions of where to put the money. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, Didn't you have more about what was in that second note? Mm-hmm. I think you did.
1: Yeah. So after well this is after the fact. Mm-hmm. Um the ransom was never paid because they were expecting a follow-up of where to drop the money. Her parents were very proactive. Dave and Mary, they went out and got the money out. They were mm-hmm. ready to give him this ransom money if it meant getting her daughter their daughter back. But they were never given follow-up instructions on where to
0: Right, like the exchange the location. Money. Yeah. Right.
1: So, Just how
0: to wrap it, which is fucking weird. Right,
1: in a blue wrapping, yeah, which is
0: strange. But uh, don't tell me where to bring this. Right.
1: So two days after the fact, they're waiting, waiting. They received another letter saying $10,000 was a lot of bread, but your daughter's life was the buttered topping, which essentially meant that the deal was off.
0: But to me, whether this was the perpetra- actual perpetrator or not, that tells me that the phone call... And the letter person are one and the same. Yeah. Because how would that person, if the phone call wasn't released till 2019, mm-hmm. the person who sent that letter would have no idea what was said on the phone. Right. So, whether it was, like, a red herring or a hoax or the actual person, like, remains to be seen. But yeah. it, the note person and the phone person had to have been the same right and i think that's what they
1: were thinking too at the time so the fbi took fingerprints from the note and compared them to local prints in the area from like different people but it was local
0: right because obviously codis or the national database that we have now didn't exist back then so they just had to kind of manually check check people in the the local database like yeah yeah That had to have been a lot of freaking work. I know. They were dedicated. They
1: really were. I mean, stuff like this didn't happen, and, like, I'm sure they were very caught off guard with this, and they were very proactive about it, though, Mm -hmm. which is
0: amazing. Um, a sad thing to point out, though, regarding those fingerprints, which I almost chucked my phone at the (laughs) wall when I read this. I'm not even kidding you. (laughs) the fingerprints have gone missing since then.
1: Yeah, which, hmm. So, they were obviously any detective or anybody on the case today would want to run those fingerprints at the national database, but they, he or she cannot.
0: Yeah, so, uh, they have to be somewhere, or, I don't, uh, I mean, they're, I guess, like, after years and years, there can be mishandling of stuff, or if, if you move from one place to another, yeah. losing stuff in the process. I don't know, but that just seems like a really awful thing to misplace. I know. And when you don't have that many leads on a case, you should be extra careful with the tiny little bits of evidence you have. Yeah. Um, so I have a 1975
1: interview with David Fox, who was Margaret's dad.
0: Aww.
1: Which Bless it kind him. of broke my heart reading this. <laughs> but it says, David Fox says, we guarded them, too closely maybe, them meeting his children. She used to say we protected her too much. He told the Burlington County Office- County Times in 1975. As I think back, it didn't seem like we did anything wrong in letting her go. It was daylight. Like, that was what they thought. That's what
0: people thought. That was the norm back then. Yeah. God, that breaks my heart. Yeah. Oh, those poor parents. So i'm up to the suspects and persons or people of interest if that's where you're at same okay so our first one we have i'm gonna start it out with mount holly police lieutenant benjamin english he is not the suspect (laughs) (laughs) he just helped find the first suspect yes 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 mount holly police lieutenant benjamin english heard the name john marshall and he thought of his friend jack marshall or John Marshall. I guess some people also refer to him as yeah. I heard a mix of John or Jack. Yeah. Um. So this man was actually the manager of the A.M.P. store where the payphone was. Yes. Which I find a little bit interesting
1: that his name was John Jack Marshall.
0: Right. <laughs> Unless someone had gone to that A.M.P. store before, or literally were just in there before they made the phone call, and yeah. they saw his name tag and that's, they're like, "Oh, I'm gonna say my name's Jack Marsh." John that's Marshall. That's what I
1: was kind of thinking because like if anybody in the area went inside and then he left the phone number for that that payphone there yeah like that's an easy target
0: yeah for like a kind of a setup but i just thought it was a little bit odd he was questioned right away he took a polygraph which we've said in other episodes who the hell cares yeah (laughs) yeah i mean polygraph. either way it's a polygraph like whatever and but he was it was determined he wasn't involved and he actually Mar- had an
1: alibi. Yeah. At the time. Yeah.
0: Margaret's sister-in-law, Ramona, also knew Jack through mm-hmm. one of his daughters, and she even didn't think he was involved. She was yeah. like, no, absolutely not.
1: Which is, I guess, a good portion of that, too. That's a good thing to have for a suspect.
0: Yeah. Did you get how they cleared him or no? I Besides think they cleared the him via the alibi. And the polygraph, hopefully not. Yeah. Because <laughs> if he's know. a so- so- sociopath, he passed it, but... Yeah. Um, then oh god i just said it i'm trying so hard you're doing good we're both doing good okay so police tracked down the young man in the red sports car Mm -hmm. and interviewed him as well and cleared him as well they determined that basically Margaret, mis- like, mistook him for John Marshall because of his red car. Right. She probably just saw a red car getting off the bus
1: and went over to him and said, are you ja- Are you John Marshall? Yeah, and he's
0: probably like, no, I'm no. a kid in a red sports car. Get out <laughs> of here, kid.
1: <laughs> so he was cleared.
0: Yeah. And other people had suggested maybe it was a friend, a neighbor, a coworker, someone they knew. Right. But I think that's kind of unlikely. I... I think the parents would have, A, either recognized his voice on the phone, or she would have, like, I don't know. I just, I don't think it was someone she knew. I don't know. It usually is, though.
1: I don't know. But it was
0: through an ad in the newspaper.
1: That's true. And I feel like if he was targeting other people via ads, that was, like, his M.O.
0: Yeah, and, like, he called Lynn first. I feel like if it was someone she knew, they would have just gone for her from the get-go. That's true. I don't know. That's just my thinking. I, An- I could be wrong.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. Another suspect was a man that lived near Margaret with a red Volkswagen, and he was actually a sex offender. And he was questioned four years after the fact, but eventually cleared. His alibi was that he had a ham radio. He was a ham radio operator, and according to his logbook, he was on the radio with someone when Margaret arrived in Mount Holly. Which would make it basically impossible for him to have been involved in this situation. And I actually read somewhere that, like, when I read that, I was, like, a logbook. Like, doesn't he fucking write his own logbook? But that's what I thought. Because it said he
0: kept a logbook of his conversations. I'm, like, he could have easily written this fucking down and made it up.
1: I read it. I read somewhere, though, that with the recording of the ham radio, that's, like, the best thing, the best alibi he could have asked for at the time. Okay. Technology-wise.
0: Okay. Yeah. So, in the meantime, I want, like, I just want to mention this. Yeah. David, her dad, and his sons had continued, like, looking for her this entire time. Mm. Margaret's dad, David, never gave up. He would drive around the streets of Mount Holly and other local areas looking for her. Yeah. Him and his sons would travel 30 miles or more looking for her. They literally just did it. They didn't give up. No. It's it just heartbreaking before the neighbor that you had mentioned though that was the sex offender who four years after yeah was questioned there was someone in between right so around i read in one article it was almost two years after but from the date she went missing to the date that i have written down it seemed almost it seemed a little more like a year and like four months, a year, and oh. five months, something like that, because... I just have 1976. I have November 23rd, 1975 for Charles. Oh, okay. Maybe this is conflicting dates, because like we've said in the past, especially when it dates back to, Things like, older cute. dates. Yeah, and articles aren't... You can't always rely on articles to have the same information. Yeah. We try our best. It's like a game we, of telephone, honestly. Yes, yes, and, like, we do our research we go through we compare so that's why we like to mention both dates just it has to be one in case other yeah we just don't want to
1: have somebody involved in this case or involved in her family listen to it and be like they don't know what they're talking about they're saying the wrong dates. right like we don't know which one for a fact is true because there's so much conflicting info so we want to give both right just in case
0: so i have November 23rd, 1975, there was a man named Charles Clowbridge. He was in Montgomery County Jail in Norristown, PA, for larceny. He confessed to unsolved the unsolved murder of Margaret Fox. He said he picked her up in Mount Holly and took her to the Catskill Mountains and strangled her and threw her off a cliff. This is his story. <sighs> yeah. So, because the investigators were freaking badass and on their shit... They, I read, actually flew hol- helicopters oh my God. to these mountains and on Thanksgiving weekend in 1975, searched this area, searched the mountains. I have the chills. Wow. Because they were so amazing. Wow. Yeah. And found nothing. Yeah, it was
1: later deemed a hoax and that he actually had no involvement in the case. Yeah.
0: They actually also had Clobridge bring him, he said, Ivan quotations brought them to the spot Mm. and remain her remains were still not found and eventually like you said he changed his story investigators noticed things weren't adding up Mm -hmm. and they were basically like you're full of shit what a horrible thing to do
1: to a family so full of hope yeah trying to find their daughter yeah and like you're not already a shitty person for being in jail but like ugh he you was just an awful that?
0: human being it's disgusting so burlington county detective neil forte investigated Clobridge's history because that's how on top of their shit they were he was like i'm gonna check back in this man's history and and just see yeah and he actually found he was in a hospital in north jersey the day of margaret's disappearance so yeah. there was no way he could have Taken her. It's so disgusting. Yeah, and I read... I didn't write it down, and I should have. I had read in, I guess, an in, investigation or... um, Like an interview? Yeah, an interview. They sat down with him after and were like, why did you tell us all this? Yeah. What? I, and he was just like, I don't know. I don't know why I did. Ew.
1: Yeah. Why are people so fucking grimy? Yeah. That's disgusting. Yep. So, all together, there were about 12 leads, and all of the people were eventually cleared and shown to not be involved in this case mm-hmm.
0: crazy yeah just awful yeah and margaret's parents sadly have died since then without any answers which makes me want to cry
1: yeah like going through your entire like second half of your life wondering where your daughter is that That's has to consume everything in you
0: so freaking and actually
1: awful. i didn't write it down either but her brother joe stated that It broke his parents not being able to find her. The FBI continued to search for answers. The forensic lab in Quantico, Virginia, developed images of how Margaret may look as she aged over the years, since it's been 45 years since her disappearance. Mm -hmm. We'll add those pictures in, too, um, so you can take a look at those. Joseph... Denahan, which is the assistant special agent in charge of the FBI's Newark field office, said, "'Missing your child is the, a parent's worst fear. Not knowing what happened to your child is torture beyond of what any of us care to imagine. For 45 years, the Fox family has endured the, that torture. If she is dead, it is our mission that Margaret receives a proper burial. The Fox family can make closure, receive the answers that they deserve, And our community can begin to heal.
0: Oh, God. Yeah, Yeah. because keep in mind, I mean, it's devastating. Her parents didn't have answers. Yeah. But her brothers still can. Yeah. And other family and friends that endured that, neighbors, they still can have answers. If someone can help just solve this case and find this missing little girl.
1: Right. And her brother, Joe, who actually saw her, took her to the bus stop, said... You know, my dad, I tell you, give him a lot of faith, he said. He never gave up. He <sighs> went to church every morning. I'm going
0: to... Oh, my God. I'm going to cry. That's just so sad.
1: Like, I can't... I feel so bad for that. I them. can't even imagine. That's That consumes your whole life. That consumes yeah. your whole life. It ruins your whole uh, life.
0: And I, I'm sure they'd rather just know than not. Right. You know, even if that means that she passed away, they'd rather just know. Right. And on that note... As we said, the FBI has been working
1: tirelessly for 45 years trying to solve this. Yeah. And in 2019, on the anniversary of her disappearance, the FBI announced a reward for up to $25,000 for any information leading to the arrest and conviction of the person responsible for this crime.
0: Ugh. And if she is alive today, she would be 59 years old. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. And I just want to add in that in 2017, former Willing Willingboro police detective Michael—I hope I'm saying his name right because he's an amazing man—Michael DeLacio or DeLcio took over the case, hoping to revive it. Oh wow! And he said he hopes to find the fingerprints collected from the ransom note. So he is trying trying to find these fingerprints, and he wants to put it in a national database and just get this ball rolling. Just put this whole thing to rest. I feel so terrible. Yeah. And many unidentified women throughout the years, Jane Doe's, have also been ruled out as Margaret Fox. So they, they are... Like, checking. Checking. Yeah, they they are still on top of this, and I hope they remain on top of this. We have um, phone numbers. Just in case anyone has any information, this could mean I'm sorry, but if you hear this and you slightly think that voice could be someone you know, call Call. it in. The worst they're going to say to you is no. Yeah. Like, or they're going to check up on it and the person's going to be ruled out. Call it in. Call it in.
1: If you knew somebody that talked in that kind of lingo or metaphors or that type of accent that he had, I mean, anything at this point is going to help bring some kind of justice to her family hopefully into the mm-hmm. community and
0: someone knows something
1: someone has to know something but
0: it's whether they're willing or listening or alive still yeah it's awful so we have a number for the burlington city police department this is 609-386-0262 and i have an extension for 211 211 extension 211 so if that extension's not accurate just call that number at least. I'll repeat it. 609-386-0262, extension 211. Right, and
1: then there's also the FBI Newark office, and their number is 973-792-3000. If you have any information at all, call one of those two numbers.
0: Yeah, and these will be posted on our Facebook page with our resources and everything that we always post with our um cases that we're covering.
1: Right. We're going to post our resources. We're going to post the pictures for her case. We have the article, um the ad that she posted in the newspaper. Um the
0: audio recordings do- in this. Listen to it. Listen people. Replay it, play it, replay it and play it again. Play it for your cousins. <laughs> play it for your sisters. <laughs> play it for your grandpa cuz he was probably around when this happened. <laughs> and yeah, I think that's it. That's oh. it sadly that's the ending to her story for
1: right now and i hope that somehow some way she gets justice in all this right so until next friday see you then crime cults and coffee people
0: see ya (laughs) Bye. (laughs) bye